Support for today's show is brought to you by HBO's Night of Too Many Stars. Jon Stewart returns to TV to host a live comedy benefit for autism programs. It's presented in partnership with Next for Autism, and the all-star event will feature stand-up performances, sketches, and short films by some of Hollywood's biggest stars. It's airing Saturday, November 18th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, only on HBO. Hey there, Earwolf fans. We want to remind you about an excellent podcast called Fake the Nation. Nagin Farsad is so funny and so cool. And she was on our live show at the Now Hear This Festival in September. I also got to appear on Fake the Nation and have kind of the best time. We talk about the politics of the week, everything that's going on in the world, and how you can be saner as all this world stuff happens. Recent guests have included me, James Adomian, Maeve Higgins, and John Lovett from Pod Save America. So, if you want to keep up with the dumpster fire of current events while laughing through your tears, check out Fake the Nation on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. New episodes drop every Thursday afternoon. Hey there, folks. Welcome to another episode of The Cracked Podcast. My name is Alex Schmidt, and I'm the head of podcasting here at Cracked. I am also known as Schmitty the Clam, and I am also, also here to talk to you about robot dinosaurs. I'm also here to talk to you about our new podcast here at Cracked called Best Episode Ever. New podcast! Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're like us, you're a big TV fan. One of our favorite debates slash fun games slash systems of figuring out how to introduce a show to somebody is to debate amongst ourselves what is the best episode ever of a TV show. What's the all-time best episode of The Office or The Simpsons or Game of Thrones or any other show that's been on forever and loved by everybody? And it's a fun game. If you've never played it, try that thought experiment with your favorite show. Go ahead and do it. Pause the show if you want to. It's a lot of fun. It's a fun rabbit hole kind of thing. And it's an even more fun new podcast. It's hosted by Brett Rader and Carmen Angelica, and every week they will bring a special guest along as they take on a different TV series searching for its best episode ever. Their premiere podcast is about the TV show Friends with special guest friend Katie Willard, and it will be there for you this Tuesday, later this week. Subscribe to Best Episode Ever's feed to hear that as soon as it comes out. And of course, we're going to footnote that feed so you can find it in the description of this episode. In the meantime, I promised you robot dinosaurs. So let's talk about Steel Justice. Steel Justice was a TV show made in 1992 for NBC. Yeah, a real channel and everything. And Steel Justice is about the following. A wandering 3,000-year-old mystic teaches a modern man to save our world by conjuring a giant robot dinosaur with his mind to fight crime. And it's the kind of robot dinosaur you're thinking. Like, if you're a Simpsons fan and you remember Truckosaurus, it's a Truckosaurus, like a monster truck rally robot dinosaur. That was going to be a TV main character. And again, it's real. It's online. You can go watch it. We will footnote that as well. There's rich footnotes this week, guys. Also, Steel Justice is very bad. It's basically unwatchable, except for how watchable it is. You know what I mean? Anyway, there was only one episode ever made. Because here's how Hollywood makes the sausage of TV. 
They build every TV series, from Friends to Mad Men to The Walking Dead, by making one first episode. Then they get together and watch that episode and decide whether to make more of the show. And that that one first episode is called a pilot. If you already know this, it might be because of the movie Pulp Fiction. There's that scene where Uma Thurman talks about being in the pilot for Fox Force 5. It's that process. And Steel Justice is a real Fox Force 5, just again with robot dinosaurs. NBC put hundreds of thousands of dollars and apparently every fog machine, based on what I've seen, into making a Steel Justice pilot. Then they regretted it. They abandoned it. They moved on. That's often the right decision. Almost all pilots are not good. Even a great series like 30 Rock will often have a weak pilot. They haven't worked out the kinks of the show yet. But there are some pilots that are amazing. And then, even stranger, some of those amazing pilots get turned down. They never get to be TV shows. And that's what today's episode of The Cracked Podcast is all about. On today's show, we're going to celebrate a bunch of failed pilots that could have become your favorite TV show. They're amazing. Those Hollywood jerks just needed to give them a chance. And we're not just talking about potential good TV. We're talking about potential shows by everybody from Dan Harmon to Ronald D. Moore to Conan O'Brien to Scott Aukerman. Shows that could have changed the landscape of television forever. When there's a hit, it influences the next stuff that comes out. And if history went differently, your streaming options could have totally changed. This podcast is a fun what-if kind of episode. This is a hangout with Brett and Carmen and their extensive TV nerdery. It's also proof that the internet is magic, because almost every pilot we talk about today is watchable. They're online for free, sort of like a podcast, so let's get podcasting about them. Please sit back, or sit on top of your truckosaurus as you save the city with steely justice. Either way, enjoy this episode of The Cracked Podcast with my guests Brett Rader and Carmen Angelica, the hosts of our new podcast, Best Episode Ever. I'll be back after we wrap up. Talk to you then. I'm joined in the studio by Brett Rader. Hello. As I often am. And I'm joined by Carmen Angelica. Hi. Hey. And they're the hosts of the new podcast, Best Episode Ever. Woo. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. We just tried to do that. Yeah. Like creepy little creepy twins. Creepy little twins. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, if you're this in sync on your noises, the show is going to be, you know, it's amazing. Thank you guys so, so much for doing an episode of this. And, and I'm also, I'm just so excited about Best Episode Ever. It's a wonderful show. Already heard a few of them that we've made, and it's a good time. It's going to be fun. Yeah. (laughs) And I talked a bit about what it is in the intro, so we can get straight into what this episode is about, which is pilots. Amazing TV pilots that never got made into an actual show. That never got to be a thing. episodes of many shows, because they are the only episodes of these shows. They're the best, the worst, the middle... The everything. <laughs> the sexiest. <laughs> the sexiest. The tastiest. <laughs> it's all cooking shows the whole time. Um, oh, we should, oh, do we should do British bake-, bake Off. Oh my I gosh. I know that so that well. Actually, that would be really fun. Yeah. We should talk also a bit about, you guys are such big TV fans and also perfect for this show you're making, best episode ever. And I feel like part of the fun is how deep you can go on so many different shows that had nine, 10, 15 year runs. And then also there are these seeds that are like 
it's so tantalizing what they could have been because uh, I don't know how much listeners know about the pilot process in the Hollywoods, but <laughs> they will make one episode of something and then screen it for people and screen it for the network and say, okay, uh, people are into it. We'll make friends and run many, many years or we'll make this pilot and that's it. We're done. And the pilots are weird too because they often take years and years to produce and yeah. I've known people who have made pilots and they are like, Brett, can you please read the script? I am on version. And it says on the PDF, like version 87. And you're like, <laughs> I don't know what any of these words mean anymore. And with these pilots, with many pilots, they shoot them and tweak them and note them into oblivion. And for the most part, pilots usually are not the best episode. No, of a show. I would actually say many times pilots tend to be the worst episode, but they're just getting us used to the world. Yeah, so yeah. they're weird. Yeah. And I think this was a good idea for the episode. This episode this week is just to talk about them and uh, talk about some ones that never made the air and like what could have been. Yeah, uh, I didn't really have that thought with your show, Best Episode Ever, you might never pick a pilot in the end. Right? I, when you're running through the whole run of a show, you might never have a series uh, where you're like, the first one was the best. It was all downhill. So far, you're right. I, I wouldn't say there's any show that I have found the best, but there is shows if we wanted to pick them that I might argue one has the best pilot. Oh, but interesting. I don't have, you'd have yeah. to listen to we'll the save it for the We're going <laughs> to save it for the yeah, yeah, yeah. Carmen and I, like just if you want to feel for what Carmen and I like, if you want to listen to best episode ever, Huge Battlestar Galactica fans. <laughs> We're going to talk a little bit about BSG, uh, a pilot of a show that's sort of um, BSG yeah. adjacent, yeah. not Caprica. Caprica sucks. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but the first episode of Battlestar Galactica, Oh, I don't know if it's not a pilot, though. The pilot, I I'm... guess, is the miniseries. But like, yeah, if you want to talk about the still... first like yeah. track one, side one. I High could, fidelity sort of thing. Thirty three. The first could, episode of Battlestar Galactica. It's I could incredible. definitely argue. Yeah. I could definitely argue BSG. Yeah. Because you guys brought some great pilots for us to talk about today, and one one of them relates to BSG. So maybe we'll start with that. I also I'm thinking of the Mad Men pilot in particular as a, an existing show that got to be a whole thing where that script is like so good. I still wouldn't pick it as like the best episode, but that's a show that, from what I've read about the story of that show. It kind of got made just on the strength of this script existed oh, that gosh, was just so good. so good. And they just yeah. had to look at like, because uh, Matthew Weiner was a Sopranos writer and was relatively well known. But the thing that really made it happen was like, there was just a, this pile of paper with words on it. And people were like, this has to be a show. And Usually they, they take it, a while. And it carried over to screen very well, which is sometimes not the case. Sometimes there's a oh, great yeah. script and they just don't do it justice. So when you see that pilot, that pretty pilot that comes to life and like makes everybody like let's see more yeah that's gold <laughs> <laughs> that's so true well even mad men they almost they were trying really hard to get thomas jane to be don draper no they were way. just pushing Tom super jane. hard that's insane yeah. and uh, if you you may know him at home from the punisher Bo movie Boogie nights and todd Parker, <laughs> came here to get cooked in the same. That's what we're gonna do. Oh my god, I love that. That's my favorite scene in cinema. Sorry for <laughs> And that should have been the show. No. Well, they they tried to get him, and his representation said, "Mr. Jane does not do television." That was oh. like, Mr. Jane is slumming it on the Expanse, a show I really am trying to like. 
but I can't. Yeah. And a show where that takes place in the future on like an asteroid in the asteroid belt, and he wears a Don Draper fedora the whole time. <laughs> like, <laughs> you wish you were yeah. Don That's Draper, totally Tom him being James. like, we should have taken that role. We really should. Can we just yeah. put me in a hat that, like, makes people think, like, he would have been good in that role. <laughs> <laughs> he plays a detective on a city on an asteroid and he wears a fedora all the time. It's it's Just I classic. can't get I can't get oh, past no, that. It, but that's what you wear on an asteroid, okay? <laughs> yeah. You wear your fedora. <laughs> Maybe I'll revisit the expanse. People who like the expanse are like, this show's great, and it seems like it would be totally up my alley, but I just can't get into it. You guys are really versed in asteroid culture. This is great. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um let's stay in space. Right, you wanted to bring in this pilot virtuality that, as you said, brings in the talents of the Battlestar Galactica team. Oh yeah. Written by Ronald D. Moore of Star Trek's of uh, TNG, and I, maybe he'd done a little yeah. DS9. Um, the Portlandia sketch he, about Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, uh, yeah, right now his show is Outlander <laughs> on Stars. I've seen a little bit of it. I'm not crazy about it, but there are people who are, who are into that show, Outla- yeah. Outlander, based on the, the novels of the same name. I didn't know uh, he did that one. He did, and anyways, in 2009, I guess this is, yeah, a few years after Battlestar, he had a pilot on Fox called Virtuality, and they actually aired it on Fox. They did air the first episode, but they aired it on a Friday night mm. in the middle of the summer. <laughs> and they were like, oh, looks like the ratings weren't very good. It's like, well, of course, Friday night is- That's terrible. Ever since Steve Urkel went off the air, no one watched TV on Friday nights. Yeah. Right. You know, we so, go out. We go out on Friday night. Yeah, like Fox, America rages. So Fox <laughs> spent a ton of money on this two-hour movie, essentially, and they didn't like it internally, and they they kind of just put it in a position to fail. And we're like, well, nobody watched it. It's like, yeah, well, nobody's doing it. Like nobody's watching TV on a Friday night in June. In June. Anyways, the yeah. pilot was also directed by Peter Berg, who directed Friday Night Lights, the TV show. Yeah. Friday Night Lights, the movie. Yeah. Patriots Day, the movie. <laughs> I haven't seen that one. <laughs> The Leftovers pilot as well. Anyways, the pilot, the conceit of the show, it's on a ship as Earth is dying. They're like, oh, we need to find a new Earth. Let's get like a bunch of people on a ship and go searching for another planet, including a reality TV host because it's all being broadcast on Earth. Like what happens? Like Because they need to raise some money and get people interested Man. in the show. So part of the show is kind of a critique of reality TV culture, and it involves a lot of head-on, kind of direct-to-camera, like, so Bob told me that this and this and this happened, and I'm angry because of, you know, just your usual reality TV sort of direct address (laughs) sort of stuff. So you're watching this show that's both that, it's kind of like a reality TV show, but also a drama. Anyways, they're on the ship. They're getting around Neptune. They're on a 10-year voyage to a nearby star system, and once they pass Neptune for some reason, they know their communications will go out with the rest of the Earth, and they can't turn around. That's just built into the mission. On the ship, they have a holodeck and some sort of whole VR thing to keep them entertained, to help them train for missions, whatever. Inside of the holodeck, (laughs) they're doing their missions, and who shows up and starts just killing them in the in the programs. They're alive IRL, but like all of a sudden this rogue program played by Jimmy Simpson, the man in black from Westworld, the younger version. Yeah, and the McPoyle. And McPoyle. Yeah, from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He's Jimmy Simpson's and everything. He's great. He is like this rogue program that's killing them all the time. And they're like, what awesome. is this? And hijinks ensue. They try and do something to 
fix the program, and in doing so, the ship or someone mysteriously kills the captain of the ship just as they pass the point of no return, and now they're stuck in space for 10 years with like a potentially murderous ship or shipmate or wow. Jimmy Simpson. And it was a great pilot. Um, it's hard to find a link to it. It's one of the few ones that we don't have a link to today. I think there's a DVD available of it that you might be able to find. It's a really cool pilot. I watched it on that fateful Friday night in summer. Oh, wow. I thought it was great. So yeah. you were the original fan that was like, we need more. And they were like, no more. And you I were was like, vir- my Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> I was a virtuality. <laughs> Boy, I was like, you know how like have fans of <laughs> Virtuala Boy, Come Virtu- on. you know, yeah. For one thing, I'm very delighted that Brett, this show combines like your love of Battlestar Galactica and your love of Big Brother. Like it's a, oh, a spooky spaceship no where people are being killed, and also it's a reality TV show with confessionals. It's great. Yeah, it actually is completely up my alley. Yeah. Oh man, I I didn't even realize that, and you cut me to the core so much, Alex. I'm just I'm a bleeding wound right now. <laughs> Because there's a, a few things with this one that I think get at the uh, more of the overall piloting process and how things work. Like for one thing, TV networks will do the kind of scheduling you're talking about with shows that they're not excited about. Like they will quote unquote dump them in times that people maybe don't watch a lot of TV. Like we said, Friday, also the summer, because the theory and I think fact is that it's just hot and nice out and people aren't watching as much TV. You go and on picnics, night picnics. No, all the night picnics. <laughs> night picnics. <laughs> just trying to find the sandwiches. For an hour. Uh, <laughs> this is a show that they dumped and you can tell as a viewer who's educated in how this works like from how they schedule that they just didn't care those of you who are listeners who were born in i don't know 2014 and uh, only know the netflix era and the streaming era that mattered big time that could really make or break an entire show and it it broke shows yeah because there's whole shows where they would move its next season to now it's going to be on Fridays at 3.17 a.m. <laughs> and you and knew it was like, in oh, trouble well, then. It's done. Yeah, it's it, was, <laughs> it was like a significant other that like was too cowardly to break up with someone. So they started being a dick to that person so and forcing them to break up with them. So it's like, oh, we don't want to cancel, you know, whatever show. But now it's on at 1.30 in the morning every other Sunday and um and need like, a password to and, watch it. And we, and we feel like you're not working hard enough to like make people keep watching you. And it's like, I'm putting you on my network. Okay. <laughs> and then they and then they open up the variety in the on Monday morning. Oh, it looks like nobody's watching this show. That's impossible to find. I guess we have to cancel it now. We tried. Uh, I get if you want to break up with me. <laughs> Oh, such dirtbag networks. Um, <laughs> uh, as as I think you mentioned, Brett, we can't find this whole pilot episode on the internet for you folks to watch right now. But one of the exciting things about this episode of the podcast is that I think almost all of these pilots are online. Like yeah, we went um, and watched a bunch of them. It was really fun. A majority like, yeah, of the ones great. that we're going to talk about today, we will link in uh, the in the the footnotes. Yeah. The, usually on YouTube, just the full pilot versions of these shows. Yeah, because once the networks have discarded them like cruel, unfeeling, significant others, they can just uh, they they're just like here, here's the video, yep. and so you can just go watch one of these yep. if it sounds amazing yeah. to you. Many of them are. That's the point. Poopat sixty nine just put it on his or her 
Twitter on her YouTube account, and they she, they have nine subscribers, and it's just yeah. there. And I just hope that one of those nine <laughs> subscribers is a super duper wealthy person who's like, I would like to fund an entire TV show, <laughs> <laughs> and then sees it and is like, I'm buying it or whatever. Like, Sorry if that was loud. No, yeah, poop butt sixty nine of the Connecticut poop butt sixty nines. <laughs> so tons of money, and they poop uh, butt sixty nine the fourth. <laughs> <laughs> Officer, do you know who my dad is? Richard Poopa, 69. <laughs> the governor? Yeah. And also, this particular virtuality show, if you're trying to picture it in your head, like you said, Jimmy Simpson is a apparently a virtual murderer in the holodeck type thing, which sounds like such a great TNG kind of thing. And then uh, Jamie Lannister is the captain. Is that right? Like it's Nikolaj Coster Waldau is the actor, and he's the captain of the ship. Yeah, there's a bunch of recognizable people yeah. on it. Um, which, Carrie Bichet. Yeah, from um, Halt and Catch Fire. Yeah. Yeah, a bunch of other people whose names I can't remember. Yeah, and a lot of pilots, I feel like, as we go through these, you'll see like, oh, these great actors who got snapped up in things I know, while they were trying to find that, they just like did this other thing. And it's a good what if. It didn't work out. Because sometimes you're like, oh man, this would have like, this would have been great for their career. Or on the flip side, you're like, oh, well, if they were doing this virtual reality Big Brother space opera thing then they wouldn't have done and they wouldn't have been available to do another show. Yeah. So like yeah. maybe it's for the best that the show didn't get picked up or, you know, or maybe that there's a, there's a star in this show that we've never heard of and just because they were like the butler and this pot and, you know, one of these pilots <laughs> that would have been like the the hot breakaway character. Yeah. We, we never, space. Yeah. <laughs> Don't steal my idea. <laughs> I'm sorry, you said it. I just put yeah. it together. We're we're gonna pitch it to the poop butts, and then we'll see, we'll see how far it gets. That one, I I so wish I could see it. There's also there um, is on YouTube a sizzle re- like a fan. You know how like you search on YouTube for like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and like ten results down, there's like Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan video, and it's just like Evanescence bring me to life with like a supercut <laughs> of just like people looking Spitching at each other like, longingly. And yeah. So there is one of those for virtuality where it's like some song and just someone did like a supercut of people like jumping through hatches and like looking longingly at each other. So there is a fan video just to give you an idea of the show, but it is not the full episode. Man. And it has music playing over it. <laughs> The way the internet holds on to information is the best. Let's look at it. Let's look at another show. Uh, and this is another one where kind of how virtuality isn't a BSG spinoff, but it's got elements of another famous show. Zombieland is a movie people know that was a, a big, huge hit and a whole lot of fun. Carmen, you said they almost tried to make they it almost, a TV show. Yeah. Amazon uh, did an adaptation of the Ruben Fleischer hit and Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick of Deadpool. Right. And Zombieland <laughs> yeah. were the ones who wrote it. And at the end of the day, you know, they released a trailer, which is online. You can see it and watch it. And it's really, really funny. Is that the opening scene? Just that opening scene. Yeah, it's really good. The history of the movie, it was originally a TV pitch. And then they made a movie. Yeah. And so and then they were like, well, we can still make it a TV show. Let's yeah. do it. And then I think Rhett, the writer, wrote, <laughs> you guys have successfully hated it uh, out of existence. <laughs> <laughs> on Twitter. The movie? He liked no about the, the TV show. Oh, wow. So it never got made. So I don't know. I'm oh. still not totally sure what happened. I Man. think Zombieland is 
the perfect mechanism, Zombieland, the franchise, if we're just talking about the Zombieland extended universe, I think it's a perfect delivery system for zombies. Right? Yeah. It's gross. It's violent. It's funny. Yes. It doesn't take itself too seriously. It's not, I mean, but like there's some good moments in it. It's Walking Dead, but very, very funny. And like if a character is stupid, people will be like, yeah, this character is stupid. And it's funny to watch. But if it's like Walking Dead, there are times when you're like, that character is so stupid. I hate them. And then there's like a seven minute monologue about like the nature of man and, I'm and like, war. Stop. It's like, Shut up, Rick. Oh my god! Get out of here! Stop! <laughs> I want, I want Zombieland the TV show, and they took it away. They yeah. had yeah. a teaser, and they released. It was confusing because they released this teaser, and people got hyped. But I imagine maybe people also got hyped in the wrong way. Do you know if? Tweet. Do you know if uh. they released the pilot for it? You know the way Amazon does, like, hey, we have like six pilots for you. Go on and watch them and vote them on them on Amazon.com, and we might make one of them. I can't say I know for sure. I did okay. not find a pilot. Sure. I only found the teaser. Um, yeah, this is one I of the few others you can't watch. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think it's because Amazon's like sitting on it. With this one, I'm curious because Amazon now is a is a website where I'm like, of course, they have a bunch of original television shows. And like when they made this, it might have been people who were like, wait, I clicked on Zombieland, but it's not the movie. One star. You know, it's yeah, just it was like, like they didn't know how stuff works yet. Yeah, you know? it was like 2013. <laughs> Times were oh, different. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. It, it was, was a whole different country. It was before Amazon <laughs> became the uh, big time TV producer it is now. So I feel like users were just like, I come here for books and toilet paper, and this is not. This is a television show. This is wrong. I, this is not what I want. But guys, we could have had it. You know? yeah. It's good. I mean, the, the scene is like enough to get your mouth water. Oh, but, really? Oh, yeah. I want to watch this. It was like comedically and visually so good. You to could rewatch explain it. it to the and visually it's a, too. So, okay. That's great. It's it, a very simple scene. It's, it's just like so these two simple. Yeah, it's uh, office it's, workers. It's two people in an office and they're chatting about I think salads and like how their orders and stuff like that. And um, mundane. And then shit. all of a sudden you just see people start running and and cars driving and crashing into the background and zombies coming out and like tearing people apart and stuff. Great. And then meanwhile, they are continuing to just talk about like nothingness and like they even are just like (laughs) at the end, one of the things they say is like, oh, first world problems, right? (laughs) Meanwhile, you just see the zombie apocalypse coming at them. (laughs) And then right after they say their final line, a zombie breaks through the glass. It's just like this Whoa. huge glass window and they break through the glass and you're like, this is the beginning. Mm-hmm. This is the beginning. <laughs> and then we never got more. It was like so well done. Yeah, it was really oh, cool. Man. I want that feeling out of every pilot. They're like, it's starting. Now we're like, because so many pilots, it's like, ah, this might be good by season two. You know, this might get going. Because that's a, such a common trope of pilots is that they're just like working out the kinks in front of you on television. Yes. And, and, and even with Game of Thrones, it took me probably seven or eight episodes to begin to be interested in it. And I was just like, well, I guess it's slow. All right. And then when you have a show like the Zombieland pilot where it just starts, that's yeah. so exciting. And it was clearly just the te- like the beginning teaser. Oh. Oh, like man. it was just so, oh, I got so excited. And then the, I never even got to see any more of it. And so I just like, we could have had you guys. We could have had it. And you know yeah. it would have been good because these guys have made so many successful, like they made Zombieland, which was a success. And then they have Deadpool, which has been like a yeah. huge hit. 
they always, I feel like they're just underestimated or something, but they did a good job. Because <laughs> it can even be hard to keep the creative team from the huge hit movie, and they did. They were like, okay, we'll go ahead and make a TV show for you. And we were like, nah, it's a knockoff. Get out of here. No, like, no but we made no, it. No, 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 no. <laughs> good teaser, but no. <laughs> Are you guys Walking Dead fans? I am not, and I really wish we had the, like... Call stuff out character. I watched the first season and a bit into the second one and it lost me. Yeah, I, I watched I it, it for a, I'm with you. I watched it for a while and then there were some character choices where I was just like, that's so stupid. Like that was me wanting the call out person who's just like, that's so stupid. Like, what are you like? I want that comedic person who's like, why would you do this in a world of zombies? But like right. nobody was there in Walking Dead to be like, why would you do this in a world of zombies? Yeah, because then in Zombieland, you would presumably like have the person doing the stupid thing and then instantly get punished for it by having like a piece of rebar go through their brain. Right. And it's funny. And then like they, they do a dance and whatever. And but instead, somebody like, has a whole monologue before <laughs> Walking Dead. Yeah, <laughs> Zombieland is like it's not the best movie ever. It's probably not the best comedic zombie movie out there. It's probably Shaun of the Dead. But but it would be such a there. good TV show. It's, a great, it's like an arcade game. It's like NBA Jam or like NFL Blitz. It's like the arcade yeah. version of the actual sport where it's like yeah, this is not really football, like a football simulation or a basketball simulation. But it's like. Infinitely repeatable. You can have different characters every episode of Zombieland. It doesn't yeah. even have to have a recurring cast. It can just be like almost an anthology series or something like that. And there's laughs. There's brains. Oh, I there's think it's decapitations. More, it's all good. I think it's even more realistic than uh, Walking Dead because mm. I feel like Walking Dead, like you said, there's there's going to be these monologues. It's going to like slow things down. And I feel like in the zombie apocalypse, you're not going to be able to help it, but like call out. Dumb stuff that's happening around you. I mean, even today when dumb stuff happens, we say, "Oh my god, that's so dumb!" Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like in that, it's like a world that seems unrealistic in the sense that you would never call that out. And they they do they do inside. And I feel like Zombieland. That's what made it so good. That teaser so good is it was real life was happening in the middle of the zombie apocalypse, yeah. and that's what made it funny. And it, I mean, I've only seen the Zombieland movie. I don't know what the show would have been, but the movie plays with a lot of the same. Um, gleeful things that the show Last Man on Earth does, where it's like not just about the zombie apocalypse, but about like going to a driving range or an amusement park and like going on every ride by yourself in a complete, like with nobody <laughs> else around. Like that's a thing you would do during the apocalypse, zombie or not. Yeah, if right. I stumbled into Disneyland during the zombie apocalypse and there were no zombies currently chasing me, switch. I might go on a ride or yeah. get some oh, food, yeah. get some cotton candy from the place i don't Get know a churro turkey leg <laughs> mm. if the churros are still warm sure <laughs> yeah i would go to like a good beer bar and just sample all of it i wouldn't like it crazier i would just want to try all of the beers you like would make you yourself can't. a flight i would do a little flight of everything yeah <laughs> Because you can't if you do that in life now you like bother the bartender and they can't get tips and stuff oh yeah but now i would just i would just go do that with all of my time and and space yeah It'd be great yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's what zombie land the tv show could have been you guys the super flight of pilots yeah <laughs> i'm calling it a super Alex flight Schmitt by the way thoughtfully <laughs> tasting one ounce pours of beer <laughs> you know there's zombies at the window and you're like right, listen right. you're not getting through i thought this was a little too hoppy <laughs> <laughs> that calling it out nature makes me want to bring one up called uss alabama and this is another another like comedy pilot 
set in a world that's usually very dark. This was a pilot in 2010 that Thomas Lennon and Ben Garant made for FX, and Thomas Lennon and Ben Garant are from the state, and Reno 911, and many other comedy things. And they pitched this as Reno 911 in space. So oh, it's a... Right, already in. Uh. Great. And so it's a spaceship with a Star Trek-type mission in a future world, but it's a very low-ranking one, and it's all people just calling out the junky, weird stuff about every environment they're in. So, like, when they go to the planet to meet the aliens, like, they're calling out the aliens, pronouncing things weird, and the main alien has, like, telekinetic powers, and so he keeps stopping this guy from attacking him, and he's just like, I have a hand thing. You know I have a hand thing. I just do the hand. Why would you stop me? And (laughs) they made the entire pilot, and FX just didn't happen to take it, even though that'd be, like, a perfect home for a dark, weird sci-fi oh, comedy. Oh, I love that. Yeah. But oh. now we've got the Orville, baby. <laughs> Seth MacFarlane singing 1940s standards in space. Yeah. Or whatever that show is. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I want Reno 911 space. Yeah, this would be great. It would be, it would be really good. It also, uh, the cast included a friend of all our podcasts, Brandon Johnson. So he's in the crew. Main main cast is Thomas Lennon as like the captain. Rob Hubel's in it. Love it. They have Natasha Leggero as a sex robot who <laughs> is higher status than everyone else on the ship. It's great. And also they got Eddie Izzard for it, who is one of the best comedians in the world. And he I is an alien a overlord on the planet who is telekinetically throwing Rob Hubel around. Oh my God, I it's love that. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's like a perfect cast and a perfect dark, weird way to do space missions. Ah. Uh. Yeah, that That sounds great. What a dream. Also, it looks surprisingly inexpensive to make. Like the whole first chunk of it, where it would be like the bridge of the ship, it's like seven people all kind of crammed in front of one camera that's just set in one place. Uh It's like if they were all in like the front of a bus or something. Like it's that much space. Like a real, like a a real space. Yeah. Probably be like. Yeah, yeah. So it's probably so cheap to make, and they're all like kind of crammed together, and it seems to be very hot and sweaty in there, and just like an unpleasant place to be in a funny way. It's great. Well, that's a bit of like that Reno nine one one vibe, and I know that was supposed to be sort of mocking like the cops. Yeah, vibe, but it's like it's a dirty show to hang out with. You're like, yeah, oh, I'm in a camera and there's a man wearing shorts and <laughs> an improv comic running around with no pants on, and it's like, oops, uh. it sounds great to me. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of crew nudity in this Alabama pilot. Reno 911 in space is a pretty good pitch for it, but it's just like it's like Star Trek with very dirty people. I was gonna say like, it sounds a little bit like, like Firefly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> almost that. But yeah. like silly. Yeah, uh, yeah, almost more of that, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Which we need. I'm and then, all about yeah. it. I'm all about it. I'm on board. Yeah. And then Lennon and Grant went, have been, like, writing movies since then, so they found something to do. Because with all these, there is, like, I think Brett was saying, like, that element of, oh, what could have been? Like, if they did this show, maybe they don't do X, Y, and Z. So, I don't know. We would lose, like, Night at the Museum, probably, and some rewrites on some stuff. Yeah. But we would in, gain this TV show. In an alternate universe, this TV show kept going yeah oh man i need to land on that planet yeah? Yeah. in my sex ship i don't know whatever it is no, yeah no i love it i got it i love it i'm filing an hr claim <laughs> support for today's show is brought to you by stamps.com who says happy holidays, just like I do. Happy holidays, everybody. It's a crazy time of year. There's a lot to do. There's a lot to cover. There's a lot of things to send to people in your life. 
Stamps.com can save you time this holiday season. You can print postage for any letter, any package, any class of mail using your own computer and printer. Then the mailman picks it right up and wings it to its destination. I use Stamps.com myself, and it's incredibly convenient. I can use my own scale that they sent me and my own computer to wing mail to anybody in my life from my apartment. I've talked on this show before about America's favorite game, What Does This Weigh?, where I use the digital scale to try to guess what stuff weighs and congratulate myself when I'm right. And right now, you too can enjoy the Stamps.com service with a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus postage and that digital scale without long-term commitments. Avoid the craziness of the holidays at the post office. Go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in Cracked. That's Stamps.com. Enter Cracked. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. The team behind Hardcore Game of Thrones, Alex Berg, Jason Green, Mike Hughes, is back for a brand new show on Stitcher Premium. It's called Braids, and it's a psychedelic trip through the latest developments in science blended with lush soundscapes designed to blow your mind. Have you ever imagined Radiolab on drugs? Not like you take drugs and imagine Radiolab, like if Radiolab took the drugs. You get it. That's kind of the show. Get a good set of headphones, a comfortable couch, and get ready to have your reality permanently warped. Listen to a new episode of Braids every Wednesday on Stitcher Premium. And for a free month trial, go to stitcherpremium.com slash braids and use offer code cracked. That is stitcherpremium.com slash braids and offer code cracked. There's a couple like particularly famous examples, especially in comedy, of, of these pilots that just didn't quite get to work out, but the people behind them were so well known that it became kind of a landmark. And uh, Brett, you'd picked out Heat Vision and Jack is, I, I think, probably the most famous unpicked up pilot maybe ever. Yeah, and you can watch yeah. this one, the full version of it on YouTube. Heat Vision and Jack starring Jack Black just tickles my fancy. I love Jack Black in lots of things. Like, yeah. uh, I'm not going to say I've seen Gulliver's Travels. I'm not going to say I've seen Goosebumps, you know? I feel, I feel like you're saying you've seen these things. No. It sounds like you're saying you've seen these no, things. No, I haven't seen you've them. You've seen, how did you like them? <laughs> I, d- I probably would have hated them. I, <laughs> I, I think you liked them, I think Karen. you liked them. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> well, Heat Vision Jack uh, was a pilot in 1991 for Fox, directed by Ben Stiller, Written by Dan Harmon and Rob Schraub, who Ooh. we My God. Di- who we discussed in a previous episode about comic book movies, the yeah. um, Scud, the disposable uh, assassin. Yeah, they and, were the writers and of that. Dan, so it's written by the guy who made Community and Rick and Morty, and his longtime partner, who he did Channel One Hundred One with. And that's uh, crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and so good. Um, it the pilot's really dumb. It's like not the best. Like, I I don't know if this show would would be good. Like I think there's some. Uh, well, tell yeah. me, tell me what the deal is with it. <laughs> no, what yeah. I'll be the judge of yeah. that. So it stars Jack Black as Jack Austin. It's got a very you it's... know that SNL sketch Astronaut Jones with Tracy Morgan where it's like this super cheesy 1950s. Yes, I know uh, the I Astronaut Jones. Yes. So there's kind of a bit of that vibe where Jack Black is like a, an astronaut sent to space and he got solar rays and now he's yeah. three times smarter than the smartest man and now he's back and he's solving crimes and stuff. So <laughs> he's uh, back on Earth and he's running away, f- away from the authorities and his sidekick is a motorcycle with that is m- like melded with the mind and voice of his 
roommate Doug, played by <laughs> Owen Wilson. Yeah. So it's like Knight Rider meets Six Million Dollar Man with Jack Black and Owen Wilson. They are being chased around the world by the actor Ron Silver from Time Cop, and uh, he plays Bruno Giannelli on West Wing, the yeah. campaign advisor. Ron Silver plays himself, the actor right. Ron Silver, who's secretly an evil agent for <laughs> NASA, and he has like mind ray guns and stuff like that. Yeah, it's dumb. <laughs> it's so dumb. And uh, it's way. directed by Ben Stiller, and the pilot starts with like a ninety second. Like you're in this rich mahogany office and Ben Stiller is like sitting at a desk with like a snifter of brand. And he's like, <laughs> ah, I'm, I'm not crazy about Ben Stiller. I like a few Ben Stiller movies. Oh, I think he's great. Yeah. I don't Welcome know. He has yeah. like a weird, like he tries to come across like an asshole, like a mean douche a lot. Yeah. And he does that in this where he's like, hi, I'm Ben Stiller. You might know me from winning an Emmy for my TV show. Well, I'm directing this TV show. You're going to like it. And I don't care if you do because I'm Ben Stiller and I'm better. It's like a weird huh. – you know, he does that every once in a while. Yeah, but he's not wrong. He did get an Emmy. <laughs> Good for him. Because I think he frames it as a revenge thing too. He's like, I used to do my sketch show, The Ben Stiller Show, on this same network. And then you guys canceled it. And then I won an Emmy and he slams the Emmy down on the desk. Like, boom. It's great. Yeah. I don't find that shtick funny. I some I I kind of I kind of get it though because also like when you when you make something and you're really proud of it and you feel really good and you don't know why it got cut yeah. and then it got you know then it gets like cut from like the network that you're on and then you win an Emmy and you're like I am good vindication <laughs> like there's a of course there's like a part then of just all of us be good no but then there's a part of all of us that absolutely yeah. wants to be like yeah well my you know but now I'm back and boom you know like I uh, I know that you don't necessarily find it funny but I think that I like there's a there's a yeah. part of all of us that may understand that well, maybe I'm wrong here <laughs> I understand I don't know I, like I know what to put on like, yeah. I'm sure if like I sat down to lunch with him I'm sure he'd be like a fine fellow like I, I it, he just puts on this this air of like being like I'm a comedy dick and it's just <laughs> it's a little weird whatever yeah. I love keeping the faith. It's one of my favorite movies. You just like a you like a comedy sweetheart. I get that. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Would also it's one of the first times I've seen a pilot where they are telling the viewer, and it's good they did this because it was ninety one and people weren't as internetty and savvy about this. But like they're telling the viewer, hey, there's a whole pilot process, and I, the person making the show, I'm part of it. Oh, I'm and sorry. that's what's happening. Like here's the show. That was a typo. It's ninety nine. Oh, 99. Yeah, people were still 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 dumb. Yeah, still different times. Uh, (laughs) Still different internet, different world. (laughs) I shouldn't say dumb. They were very smart and didn't know about this stuff. So he, uh, so he's like, it's the first time I've seen somebody be like, yeah, this is the whole pilot process here in the shining red carpet of Hollywood. I forget what the Hollywood handbook thing is, but you get it. And it was fun. I don't know. It's also very 1999 in that there is a, uh, there is a sequence set to Third Eye Blind's Semi-Charmed Life. (laughs) Oh. Yeah, doing it. Oh, nineties. <laughs> Dot com bubble can't yeah. stop. This pilot is so it's so fun and meta, and it feels like they're having fun the entire time they made it. Getting back to what we talked about at the beginning, like the what if if this goes, Owen Wilson and Jack Black are making this show for seven years, and we don't get whatever they do in the first uh, half of the twenty yeah. first century, in the first half of the aughts. Well, and it's also I feel like it's the best of both worlds because like it freed them up to do other stuff and also they clearly all became friends and then made Tropic Thunder because of that 
which yeah. is a movie I'm way into because it's it's like the whole Tropic Thunder team plus Dan Harmon and Rob Schraub making a pilot together, which is very exciting. But then also they went and made this good movie anyway too. They so alternate universe, you know, like we got that movie, but in another universe we could have gotten this TV show. I feel like this is the other relatively famous one. It's called Look Well. This is 1991. It was a pilot for NBC, and it starred Adam West, who is famous for the 1960s Batman show. Mm -hmm. And he's playing a guy who played a detective on TV who is now trying to continue to be a real detective since he can't get acting work anymore. And it was created and written by Conan O'Brien and Robert Smigel right before the both of them became the people who make like half of comedy. It was like a year before Conan became a Simpsons writer and then did his show. And it was before Robert Smigel did Late Night with him and made Triumph and, and TV Funhouse and all these other things. And wasn't it one of the early like meta? Like before that, there wasn't a ton of like meta about the TV industry. This could have been like that first meta <laughs> TV show That's or one true, of the actually. early ones. Yeah, yeah. It opens with him. Adam West is playing Ty Lookwell who starred in a show called, uh, well, now I'm going to mix it up because of the joke. It was called like Bannigan, and then people keep thinking he was Branigan or Bronigan or like these other <laughs> TV detectives with almost the same name. But he's at an audition with some other guys who are much younger and better looking, yeah. and he's in like this big wig trying to look young. Looks very Elvis. That, yeah. that wig looks very Elvis. <laughs> yeah, it does, yeah. And, yeah, and the whole thing is Adam West bumbling around town and making the people in his acting class help him do casework and like trying to solve a crime that the police do not want his help with at all. It's very, very funny. Yeah. Ooh, I would have liked to see that. I feel like at this time, you know, it was maybe Conan O'Brien and uh, Robert Smigel who like realized that Adam West 30 years after 25 years after Batman was like, Oh, everything this guy says is funny whether he intends for it to be funny or not yeah. we could just have him read the phone book and just the way he says i'm not even gonna pretend to do an adam west voice but he's just funny and that turned into you know what he did on yeah. family guy and it's been yeah, i mean he's in so many shows yeah. you know i think he did a, a cameo on 30 rock and you know he's just adam west he's hilarious <laughs> I forgot about that yeah it reminds me of Leslie Nielsen. Like Leslie Nielsen was a serious dramatic actor, and then he did the movie Airplane, and people were like, "Oh, he can if he furrows his brow and says things straightforwardly. It's the funniest thing in the world." I and think then they found it with Adam West. It's so funny that when people realize like actors, they're like, "Oh, it's really funny when they just seriously do funny things." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that's, the, what... that's what it, that's like." I truly think like especially when I know like some dramatic actors who are like, "Oh, I can't do comedy," and I'm like, "But you could though. Like if yeah. if you get the writing." You just have to very seriously commit to like whatever this silly thing you're going to say is. And For real. That's, and that's why Adam West is amazing. <laughs> R.I.P. Yeah. Yeah, he, especially any of our younger listeners, they might know him as himself on Family Guy, as Brett said. And he, yeah, he'll just like call himself Adam Wee because they <laughs> cut off the end of his name on a thing, you know? And it, it's all, they, they basically adapted Lookwell into that character. It's fantastic. And then that led to like Patrick Stewart being on American Dad and a lot of other McFarland shows using like excellent actors to be very, very funny. And I think this show like also helped make all that happen, which is great. And it's reasonably accessible, too. Like, there's a lot of very just straightforwardly funny things in it. And then occasionally it'll get really weird. Like, there's a part where he is home and he's eating a popsicle from a box called, it's called Firm Pops. And there's some kind of made-up popsicle that makes your skin tighter and makes you younger looking. Firm Pops. 
And then he spends like the next two minutes in a scene with somebody just eating this firm pop. And then when it's time for the end credits, you just see him like they're rolling the credits over him just dancing to his own end credits music while eating another firm pop. I it's the best. It. <laughs> like yeah. it's so strange. I love it. Yeah. And America wasn't ready. So that's what happened to it. Executives were like, this is yeah. not funny. I I, I don't understand it. Well, yeah, I think NBC just passed on it. They were like, ah, oh, it's it's going to be too niche and nothing. But, yeah. but then look what we got out of it. We got Conan. Right. I would love to see some kind of family tree of like, because these writers didn't get to do go do their own thing, these amazing Simpsons episodes happened. Oh, yeah. Because like, Conan may or may not have become a late night host, but he was a Simpsons writer the next year. Like, this definitely would have prevented that. Yeah. And we and got a couple of amazing things out of what it. What a world would we have without the Simpsons? It was a sad one. Yeah. Mm. I don't want that alternate reality. <laughs> Give me this one. <laughs> and let's uh let's do another pilot here. This is a this is a sketch show that Carmen you brought up called The Right Now Show. Yes. Which is another like with Look Well we've got Conan O'Brien and Robert Smigel who've made a bunch of amazing comedy often behind the scenes especially with Smigel and then Right Now Show is a uh, hey, Earwolf favorite Scott Ackerman. Yes, thing. 2007 we could have had on Fox, a show by Scott Ackerman, and it would have had uh, amazing people who I'm sure you see a lot of now. James Adomian of the uh, current Trump show. Yeah, the, the um, famous Bernie Sanders impersonator. Yes, he And does. also lots of other characters. He does. He's incredible. And then Maria Bamford, uh, oh, my... The best uh, my, comedian. My, yeah. my sister from Minnesota, who's not really my <laughs> sister. I just, I, I want to know her. Yeah. Ian Edwards, Natasha, uh, Le, is it Legaro or Legaro? I think it's Legaro. Yeah, who uh, was Natasha... also the sex robot on USS Alabama. Oh, hey, <laughs> Natasha Leggero, Mike O'Connell, Paul Rust, and Casey Wilson. Uh, we're all going to be in it. And, you, you know, you have, like, writers like John Daly and Dave Anthony and BJ Porter and Brett Gelman. And oh, uh, directed Gellman by Ruben of... Fleischer of Zombieland. It's all, yeah. The Right Now show is bringing it all together. Oh, I, this is and what's, Ronald D. Moore was the set decorator. Yeah, and what's but like what's interesting to me about this one is I don't think we have access to the full pilot, but we do. If you guys like Between Two Ferns, that was a, a sketch that the first one with Michael yeah. Sarah was from that pilot, and That's they amazing. liked that sketch so much that they just uploaded it, and of course now it's a huge thing. That's so crazy. But yeah. imagine what other sketches came with. Uh, Between Two Ferns, because Between Two Ferns was so funny. It's so, I mean, it, clearly, yeah. it's been a hit. And if you're a sports fan, Between Two Ferns is now being ruined on ESPN with, like, Between Two Bobs or whoever the, the oh, announcer man. is. And it's, like, they're trying to do a Between Two Ferns thing with, like, I think it's Rex Ryan, a former football coach. And it's just... Uh, but you can't really oh, do... They... doesn't work. Are they like Between Two Ryans? Like him yeah. and his brother? No, it's just like a him and a cutout of, of him. And, uh, you can't really do comedy really... Ab about a... Com it's like very hard. To... There yeah. are some comedies you can do a comedy about, but like Between Two Ferns is making fun of the whole like talk show yeah, idea. Yeah, exactly. And so being like, oh, we're going to make fun of this fake talk show which makes fun of talk shows it's like a hat on a dog on a motorcycle like it's like <laughs> wait right. it's just like not gonna it like the like dog a, on a motorcycle was enough <laughs> it would be like if there was some sort of conservative daily show where it's like it's hotter again today because obama's the devil <laughs> <laughs> You and are completely right, and my body like receded into yep, itself. I definitely, I all, nobody like, laughed. Everybody no. went, no. That's, that's not really a joke. Yeah. With this show, I think it just like proves that like 
I think they really missed out because Between Two Ferns is yeah, just really. a little tasty of what this show could have been. It's truly, yeah. Well, especially like I think of huge sketch shows that have been on forever, like SNL. And you think like in a season of SNL, how many of the episodes contain an incredible smash hit sketch? Maybe some of them, never all of them, you know? Yeah. And then we get one episode of the Right Now show and it just offhand is like, here's Between Two Ferns, the world. You yeah, know? Like, and then it got, got so huge that like yeah. Barack Obama went on the show. So like yeah, this really. became a huge thing. And I'm just like, I wonder what this sketch show would have been like because the cast is so killer. Yeah, and, and a perfect group. And even like Fox would have been a good platform for it. It's a huge uh, network, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't want to live in a world where like that show happens and none of these podcasts do. Uh, so <laughs> please, please don't go to that planet. No. But uh, but I feel like uh, Scott Argerman could have done that. But also, you know, maybe now instead we get the comedy Bang Bang TV show, you know, other extensions. But uh, oh. this could have been such a great thing and incorporated so much of that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. I know. It sounds cool. They're batting more than a thousand on on. Sketches oh, yeah. that are like successful. Yeah, there's like what if the rest of yeah. the sketches are like Wayne's World and you know just like all these famous SNL sketches that turned into <laughs> movies oh, like... and stuff. <laughs> oh, there's um there's another sketch show uh wanted to bring in, which this is another one where the right now show it's like what if we gave Scott Ackerman an hour every week and just let him do whatever he wants. There's this show called Awesome Town that Fox also almost made. This was 2005, so right before that. And Awesome Town would have been a sketch show completely run by the Lonely Island guys. Oh. They made this, and then it got passed like a couple months before the Lonely Island three guys, uh, Andy Samberg, Yorma Takone, and Akiva Schaefer, got picked up for uh, SNL, and then went and made all of the most popular music videos that are funny ever, and a bunch of other things. And also, like, three of my favorite movies, and <laughs> so much. Uh, but they almost had their own, completely their own Fox sketch show, with help from executive producers Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who make the Lego movie and almost made the Han Solo movie and oh are like the God. biggest comedy directors right now. Clone High, around this time, their show, I would recommend. Ooh, I we love Clone talk High. About it on our, we can talk about it on our show. I love Clone High. We can High. talk about it on this show because a full season <laughs> of it came out. No one's heard of it, but it's great. People have heard of it. I love Clone oh, High. It's yeah. a great show. But you're right. We can't talk about it. We can't talk about it right now. We can't talk about it right now. Uh, <laughs> I'm very strict and cruel. We can't do it. <laughs> we'll not allow it. Alex uh, is getting mad. Alex is getting mad. <laughs> <laughs> I just pull the microphones away slowly. Just, no. no, stop. Stop. <laughs> but uh, that would have been so fun. I mean, yeah. Like, and it, all it those is, sketches yeah. made it to SNL. Because it's so much of what they do. This is another one where you can see the whole pilot online. And it's it opens with a very funny music video, which is what they do. And then it also includes a short one episode of The Boo. Which I was... watched The Boo on Channel 101 when it was I coming out. I love The Boo. It's really good. Like it, I mean, yeah. there's only, only like six episodes, and I have not watched it since it came out. And it might be something where it's like, oh, I only thought this was funny because I was 14. And now I'm an adult man. And don't it's think great. it's funny. No. But, so it might not be good. I but. still have fond memories. You're right. I haven't watched it for a very long time. But I think it was just perfect because it was based off the OC. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. at the time, you know, everybody was like, the OC, including me. I was like, the OC. And then watching <laughs> the boo, you were just like, oh, this is hitting at everything perfectly. So, like, yeah. <laughs> I think it would probably maybe not hit well now but because we're not watching the OC right now. Like, it was a perfect parody. It was a great parody. Yeah. And if yeah. you are I, like a teenager now and you oh, might watch yeah, it and man. be like, what are these people talking? Like, 
they don't understand what it's like. They don't understand what it feels like to be a teen in no, the West see. Coast. Well, yeah. In 2003, Bush was president, man. It's a different time. But it was like, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't work in today because like it, it, you need that reference. But I think it was well done. It's tricky because the the one included in their Awesome Town pilot is one where the joke is built around um, they're making them do 3D vision or like 3D glasses stuff for the audience. So like uh, there's a cartoon squirrel that tells the audience to put its glasses on. And then when they do, the characters in the scene have to like reach toward the camera or like wave something at or do some kind of thing that'll pop out and like interrupt the whole flow of this very romantic, like dramatic thing. I love uh, it. So it's all those OC tropes that are very George W. Bush era, but also it's like just good, funny comedy writing. They like can't kiss because the cartoon squirrel says, time for your glasses. And then, <laughs> and then it like the screen gets all wavy and layered over itself for 3D vision. It's great. It's yeah. so good. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Fox didn't want to make it. So then they were like, fine, we'll go do everything else we want to do. You know That's who's fine. not looking good today? Fox. The network. Oh, yeah. Fox, like all these all are the like networks. Fox, 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 <laughs> Amazon. You know, you'll still get my $99 a year, Amazon. But Fox, 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 and Fox. Huh. Yeah. Let's burn another network. Let's do it. <laughs> you want to talk about the amazing screw on head? I really do. Of the pilots I pulled and watched, all of this is my favorite. Yeah. I watched this yesterday and was like, oh my gosh, I was hurting in my soul that like <laughs> yeah. I didn't get six seasons of this yeah to just watch and like memorize and just quote out of context at, at family <laughs> dinners what is well, it what it is, is well, the, the sci-fi network felt differently in 2006 the amazing screw on head is an animated show based on the comic of the same name by mike mignola who created hellboy and yeah. has a very distinct animation style i'd uh, look it up or watch the clip in the footnotes and uh <laughs> it was written by Brian Fuller, who uh, was a, an alum of Star Trek's Voyager and Deep Space Nine. He did Pushing Daisies, at the, which only did one or two seasons, but that's kind of like a cult hit, and that show's really good. It's really good. Um, Hannibal, all those Hannibal heads out there, and that show American Gods right now I haven't seen, but some people really like. So Brian Fuller's kind of like one of these like Dan Harmon-esque. Yeah. He has a 20-year history of just like cult hit show after cult hit show, and they're really cool. And he's such a huge deal now. Like I don't I don't know if people know cuz like you said he he is doing American Gods now and he had to try to balance that with the new Star Trek because he was so into Oh yeah, he's involved in yeah. Star Trek Discovery as like, well. Oh, I can't do the two <laughs> biggest most expensive most high profile shows coming out this year at once even though the world wants me to. Like, but huge. you have to just keep making <laughs> stuff. We need it. Right. We need it. That's me pretending to be the entire audience that needs it. <laughs> Why aren't you typing right now? And he's like, no. What do you please. mean sleep? No. <laughs> but uh, the Sci-Fi Channel could have had him for this. Yeah. Fools. So it follows the adventures of a robot in the 1860s who yeah. is a secret agent for Abraham Lincoln <laughs> with a screw on head. He's the amazing screw on head. The robot <laughs> is, uh, he's like a head with like a little screw on the bottom and he has multiple bodies that, you know, like in the first episode, there's sort of the, just the main humanoid body. And then he gets into a fight with some sort of like demonoid creature. And he has this big body. That's like, it's kind of like a big spider body. So he just screws his head onto whatever body he needs for the time. And it's sort of this like, 
Victorian era macabre vibe to it, especially with Mignola's art style, which is like very contrasty, lots of shadows. And Screw on Head is voiced by Paul Giamatti, what? the actor. Ooh. His trustworthy butler. From John dies at the end. He's the best. Yes. His trustworthy butler, Mr. Groin, which is just an amazing name. Just great. Uh, is Patton Oswalt. Yeah. And Patton Oswalt does a few other voices. Oh. And his evil arch nemesis, another amazing name, Emperor Zombie. Yeah. Who's just a zombie <laughs> who's like also a bad what? guy. I didn't gather that at all from the name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he's voiced by David Hyde Pierce. Niles. Yeah, it's great. That's great. And it is, it's so good. It is so funny and it's sort of like a monster of the week sort of uh, he just goes around yeah. solving like alien and and extraterrestrial and you know spooky spooky stories or whatever and Abraham Lincoln's there and he just goes around and it's really funny and you have three like Paul Giamatti's a real actor Woof. He's and he's yeah. doing like a sci-fi animated show it's it's so good I, I also love that this is kind of like Futurama the heads if they had yeah. their own plot line that was like really <laughs> badass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like if Nixon was the main character, like yeah. just doing stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah he could screw his <laughs> head on the bodies and he was like, I have an amazing story. <laughs> that was my Nixon impression. You're welcome. <laughs> if you're listening at home, Carmen did the two fingers up on I each mean, hand. You can't great. do that voice without can't that not. motion. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying. I can't do it. <laughs> Futurama is such a good touchstone for that too because it really is light on its feet the the link you sent and, and watching it because also there's another one you can go watch if you want to it's amazing uh, the internet rules and yeah it's very like there's a lot of monster chasing in a steampunky kind of yeah. 1800s world but also there's jokes and it's very light on its feet and like and David Hyde Pierce is not like trying to do a zombie voice or something like he's he's David Hyde Pierce it's very fun that's <laughs> yeah. great <laughs> Emperor Zombie. Like he's just like a very prickly dude who is also the uh, evil arch nemesis of the world. It's, it's great. That's so yeah. good. And you only get that one episode. I feel like we're going to just, I'm going to be sad when, you know, because it's just, there's nothing left. There's this nothing. one is the one that really just made me like, oh my God, I just missed out on like five years of, of college of just yeah. like having this on all of the time. I would have liked it at almost any age too. And it, and it also, and so many, I feel like so many animated pilots will not be totally drawn at a high quality yet. Like, especially if you watch early Simpsons or something, it's like, who even made this show? This is a different thing. Yeah. And uh, and this show is drawn like a Mike Mignola comic. It's drawn like one of the best styles of comics uh, out there. It's great. Very cool. Yeah. Another show that is a pilot you've maybe already seen by accident, because uh, this was going to be a whole show called The Farm. And the pilot, it was made in 2012, and it ended up getting turned into season nine, episode 17 of The Office, because it was going to be a spinoff starring Dwight Schrute. Dwight Schrute was going to have his Whoa. whole own show on the farm. They must have really wanted that to happen. Yeah, they had like Paul Lieberstein, who plays Toby and is one of the main writers, like he kind of stopped working on The Office to just focus on running the farm and like get it off the ground. Oh. And they cast Matt Jones, who's an amazing improviser and is also Badger on Breaking Bad. And then they cast Thomas Middleditch, who's one of the uh, funniest people working and is the main character on Silicon Valley now. And the main character of all your favorite Verizon commercials. Yes. Everyone's favorite comedies. Oh, the, yeah. the, the phone. The phone. Uh, the Verizon world. How many gigs for this little? Whoa. Yeah. Montana. <laughs> and they, uh, uh, so they made this whole pilot for it. 
and NBC just decided in the end they weren't quite into it, and so then it got kind of recut and stitched together into an episode of The Office where they all go to Shroot Farms, and you, for some reason, meet like 10 of Dwight's family members, and it feels <laughs> kind of strange, but it's because they were going to make a whole show, but instead you that just was... briefly meet Dwight's whole family. You literally, they built the world, and then they shoved that world into just an going, episode. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and I've, I've watched late season Office recently, but before I knew about this, and so I was like, why did Thomas Middleditch and all these people just show up in one episode? It's really strange. Like uh, They really missed a thing. There, and I think it could have been amazing, honestly. There's like a thing with a lot of pilots where it's like, hey, you, you who do this job, you get in here. Let me tell you what you did yesterday <laughs> and how we're related. So is it like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's also, this is another uh, pilot making thing. It's called a backdoor pilot which is where you turn an episode of your existing show into also like a launch pad for a new spin-off show. So it's like in the middle of your season, you'll have an episode that super focuses on a side character and the audience might be like, well, I'm really getting another side character. Interesting. <laughs> and it's because their new show is going to come along in like a few months. Yeah. Ah. Also, this episode of the Cracked Podcast is kind of a backdoor pilot. <laughs> yeah Whoa. how about that it is a backdoor we gotcha <laughs> <laughs> hollywooded um <laughs> i i don't know how you guys feel about late period office because this is like a season and a half after michael is gone and so uh things have changed things have shifted i feel like when michael left they humanized dwight a lot more he was less of a robot and that helps you build a whole show you know i think this could have worked out really well like i think it on paper is a little tough just because Dwight's so strange and his like antique German family is a little hard to translate, but <laughs> I think they would have had fun with it and uh, made a great show. It would have been interesting to see him as the voice of reason. Yeah, in a, right. In a situation since yeah. he always played that char- that like crazy character. So like him being in a family that's even wilder than he is. I'm just like, <laughs> I'd see that. Yeah, I want to yeah. see that. Well, especially... On paper, it's like, oh, a very, very strident character from this existing hit. Can they work on their own? And it worked with Frasier. People maybe forget or don't that Cheers was a whole show and Kelsey Grammer was Frasier on it occasionally and like kind of a weird, strange professor who's not very relatable. And then they made Frasier out of it, which is another amazing show. It was no problem. It almost worked because he was so not like even like the eighth most important person on cheers <laughs> yeah right like he's not even not he's not on the show very often he comes in and like nobody really likes him because he comes in and he's fraser and he's like so sophisticated yeah and, and all the rest of the people are just working people who just need a beer after work it does it does feel like it worked because even if you if you didn't watch cheers you could watch fraser oh yeah like you didn't necessarily need that right. backstory of his and then if you had that you were kind of like oh i get it <laughs> <laughs> yeah like on fraser which I've seen a lot more of than Cheers, just by virtue of it being a little bit newer. Every once in a while, it's like, hey, Frazier, you got this piece of mail from a bar in Boston. <laughs> and like people are like, oh, and he's like, oh, it's my friend, Norm. He wants to say hi. And that's it. And like, that's all you really get of Cheers. For everybody watching who didn't watch Cheers, they're just like, why are they so into mail? <laughs> <laughs> is this like advertising mail as the post office? Like have a thing with it with the show? This is a theory that I'm just coming up with right now. And I have no examples to prove it or disprove it. Sounds like but a good theory. I wonder if spin-offs are better with more fringe characters than I think you're right. Joey Tribbiani or Dwight. I mean we don't we never see this Dwight spin-off 
I, I think you're right. Yeah. I even think it would even fit this Shrewd spinoff where Dwight is like major character in the office, but he also like, like, why does he work there? Like he's such a, like everyone else is trying to sell paper and also not trying that hard. And he's like, here's how you got a chicken in the middle of the building if you need to. And like, at the what? same time, he's trying he so hard, but he doesn't like <laughs> try at papers. He just tries that... at like power and gutting a chicken. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I know he's on the show because of the British show and the the British show. It maybe it makes a little more sense that Gareth is there, yeah. which is the British Dwight. But like, how did he get this job? Everyone else is pretty normal. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's the th- you asked earlier, like what we how we feel about late office. Never made it to late office. Oh, you, I it's good. Yeah, I never really got into American Office. I have a near and dear portion of my heart dedicated to the British Office. Yeah, I think the twelve episodes plus the Christmas special are perfect television yeah there is nothing better not as crazy about the david brent life on the road which i watched on a plane <laughs> about a year ago and oh, you go deep with the british one i haven't seen that yeah there's it's new they there's like a new movie that takes place like 10 15 years later where oh it's him doing the same bits oh, okay. the original 12 episodes plus the christmas special are perfect and i just that was the thing with the american offices i was like why is anyone here like (laughs) Dwight should be fired Michael Scott should be fired like nobody but we're doing it we're doing 24 episodes for 10 years we're just here and there's no repercussions for anything and Like yeah, it's a comp. Yeah, it's but a comp. There I don't are. Know. If you watch the show, there which I did it. <laughs> <laughs> so then you can't pass judgment I know, in that no, way. Like, I've seen, I definitely off. have seen like good episodes of that show. I'm like, oh yeah, I get it. But I just like, I just couldn't get into it as a big commitment. That makes sense. Yeah, I, I know what you and mean. You might well, be thinking at home, why is he hosting a show about television? Because mm-hmm. I work here. It's okay. I like <laughs> the American Office, <laughs> so I'll be that oh, voice. Man. It's so good. Yeah, <laughs> so good. I love it. I'm realizing they tempered Dwight a little bit by making Creed even weirder on the American one. Because he like, because Dwight, you at least know what he's up to. Creed is just he's, mysteries. He's truly a mystery man. <laughs> like, it's yeah. pretty great. It's pretty great. They expand the world in a big way, I think, in the American office. They expand it and yeah. they like, and that's how we have had almost potentially the option for the farm. Yeah, you really could. There, there's probably more than one character from the American one. Like, I could see a Daryl show. Uh, there's a few other people on I it. I could where see you a Creed show. Oh, a Creed show would be <laughs> so like fun. like, his life prior to The Office is kind of what I want. Because oh. he's this full, man full of mysteries, and he always has this, like, I don't talk about the past. I want to know about his past. Yeah. Like, Better Call Saul, but with Creed. Yes, give me that. I'm pitching it out there. And if somebody wants to call me and I mean, I can't copyright this on the, but I'll say I'm copywriting it. And then like, let's yeah. write it Audio together. Copyright. Let's make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> also, everyone listening, don't steal our ideas. <laughs> ah. nah. There's a couple more to talk about. Sort of like The Office one. This is one where there's an existing show now that is uh, similar Fargo is now a TV show, and it was a movie, but in between, much earlier on, they also tried to make it a TV show. Yes, so the Fargo, the Noah Hawley Fargo, uh, starring um, a bunch of people, Colin yeah. Hanks and Martin Freeman and uh, it's one Jesse of the, Plemons. There's like a, it's like yeah. a, it's, like a um, it's an anthology, and it's one it's of the show. most critically regarded TV shows right now, and it's, of course, from the Coen Brothers movie from uh, 1997. Yeah, yeah, so that show, if you haven't seen it, it's pretty good. It's not like the best thing ever. Season two is Primo Fargo, which we can talk about on best episode ever. Woohoo! It's like <laughs> it's like variations on a theme, and the theme is like it's called 
There's a female police officer who's got a heart of gold. Yeah. There's a sort of a regular person or two who's like caught up in some bad stuff. And there's some really bad people caught up in some bad stuff. And there's blood. There's ice. There's people saying, you know, there's people making an affront to Carmen's like, <laughs> youth with it's, accents. They talk, They try to make my life, but they can't. <laughs> <laughs> and it was based on the movie of the same name. Yeah, wait, Carmen, you huh? haven't been speaking in a Fargo accent this entire time. No, God. It's almost like, like, like crazy that's movie a fallacy. accent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course we don't speak in those ridiculous accents all the time. Do we murder people? Uh-huh. But we do. <laughs> <laughs> right. All the wood chippers are for bodies, That's but for but, real. But, but you speak normally. But geez, Louise, you guys. <laughs> so in 2003, they made a Fargo pilot that was a little bit more on uh, on key with the movie. The the main character is still Marge Gunderson, now played by Edie Falco. Not a bad drop off there from Francis McDee to Edie Falco. Um, I was really hoping she's for still... the Edie Falco nickname. No, I've got one. Edie Falco. The Falcon. Yeah. <laughs> she's still pregnant. It just kind of still? picks up. Yeah. She was really pregnant in that movie. Well, yeah. she does not remain pregnant for the entirety of the I pilot. I would hope not. What a terrible life. The. Um, <laughs> The actor Bruce Bone, I guess is his name, or Boney, who plays her police partner Lou, is right. in this show as Lou. It takes place, I guess, after the events of the movie, but makes no reference to them at all. It's just sort of like, I guess, case of the week sort of stuff. I watched oh, the I love that. like, yeah, yeah. There's like someone gets shot, and they solve that, and then someone's boat gets stolen, and they solve that. So just like crimes, just like but just crimes a lot of that happen. but a lot of yeah. don't you knows and you betchas <laughs> and stuff. It's not all about the it's don't all you right. <laughs> I there were a few narrative leaps in the in the pilot. I'm like, well, yeah. how did I get from what what? Why is this character here now? What, why is it night now? But uh, it was it was fine. And, I thought it was fine. I think it would have turned yeah. into a good show. I think the Fargo show now it is fine. It's not the best show, but it's certainly not the worst show. It's like I think it's a quality show. So, you know, don't you know, whatever. <laughs> well, th this feels like it might be one of the only cases in TV history where we get to have a Fargo show now by Noah Hawley on FX. And so we know like, oh, this movie we love turned into a great TV show. And then also we know from, I had no idea they tried to make it a, a pilot years earlier and we could have had that so much sooner. Oh, could have been like almost a, right away. What an interesting, huh? Like yeah. I... I Hmm. Like that combination of factors and coulda bins and coulda hads. Like I don't know that if that's ever also happened. You know <laughs> what? Amazing. That, that gives me hope because some of these other pilots that we wish we could see, they could come back in the future. Because like this, yeah. yeah, this never happened, and then it happened. I'm realizing because also there's lately a few other shows that were whole shows just coming back. Like Will and Grace is just back on NBC. You yep. can just watch it again They're with the it. people. And do you guys like that phenomenon? Are you into that approach where now we just get these shows back because audiences are so subdivided, and it's like, well, a lot of people like that show. Let's do it. You know? uh, personally, I'm. Don't get me wrong, I love these shows and I've loved what they've been, but like part of me is almost like it's never going to hit what the original hit and I want new stuff. I love yeah. the idea of brand new stuff like wowing you and exciting you yeah. and like yeah. having a, every TV generation or whatever have their show that they get like really into. So some of these I'm like okay with, but some I, I just... 
I love new stuff. Give me that new, give me that new good stuff. Good <laughs> stuff. <laughs> if you're listening, Carmen was physically using her hands. I to was making the gimme motion. The she was doing the Richard Nixon. The, doing the Richard Nixon, <laughs> Nixon again. Give stuff. me that stuff. <laughs> but uh, I will say, I you know there are I, there are some exceptions. I actually love the new My Little Pony. And uh, oh. I love the new My Little Pony. I think it's exceptionally good, and I am very glad that came back. And so I think uh, I also feel the same way about like the Powerpuff Girls, and um, and I really am excited for the new Carmen Sandiego. So like, what? Yeah, yeah. yeah didn't you see they posted no. about it in the news? <laughs> I'm not on the Carmen threads. <laughs> <laughs> well, get on the Carmen threads. Right. Uh, Carmen's in a group with all the Carmens on, <laughs> yeah. on social media. Yeah. Behind the curtain of site video stuff, you had written a really funny video about there should be a Carmen Sandiego TV show, and then there was a Carmen Sandiego yeah. TV show. I, it was pretty <laughs> it was much amazing. just me wishing for a Carmen Question. Sandiego TV show, and then it happened, and I was like, oh my god, the secret is real. <laughs> <laughs> Question. Is it the animated series or the game show? It's an animated series. I want the game show. Well, boo hanoo. Well, listen up, gum shoes. <laughs> the pyramids have gone missing. <laughs> we already had that. I want the show, but it's supposed yeah. to be. I think it's Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So. Yeah, she's know. going on adventures. I'm, I don't yeah. have a strict and hard like hard rule about that, but I do want right. to give me that new yeah. stuff. But also, yeah. I'm more forgiving when it's content for children. You're more forgiving. <laughs> yeah, like oh, you're saying Carmen San Diego is for children? <laughs> yes, because <laughs> there's like a little bit of I guess like a back in my dayism where it's like, well, I grew up with a Carmen San Diego TV show and a Magic School Bus TV show and a Full House, and it's a shame they're all gone. And they should have them all back. I haven't seen the new Full House from what I hear. It's not very good. But Will and Grace, fine. Whatever. Kirby Enthusiasm. I haven't, oh, been, I haven't been digging the new season as much. It's, it's, it's all right. Not that that show, like, yeah, that had come a back. finale. Yeah. He just is like, I'll just do it whenever. And it's just been <laughs> nine years and I'm bored now. And that one, that one does feel like a unique case, too, where. If Larry David's on point and doing it, it'll be the show again. Like if one guy decides to just show up. <laughs> I have some have thoughts it. on the new season. I think time passed Larry by a little yeah. bit, and um, I mean, even in the first episode, there's like some there's some stuff with uh, treating non-gender conforming people <laughs> a certain way. That's just like, oh, that's not what's funny here. The funny isn't like this. It's you can still be funny in 2017. Just don't like be rude to people and don't be like the grumpy old man who's like, bathrooms, <laughs> who goes in them? I don't know, dude, just pee. Just pee. <laughs> That's not what the episode's totally yeah, about, yeah. but like, yeah, like, I, I don't know. We can talk about it on the, the Curb Your Enthusiasm episode. I haven't seen Ooh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, so I actually oh, can't. My entire life is just watching the world and like just freeze framing things in my mind and then playing the Curb music. Right. Ba, 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 yeah. It just so Thank you guys for being on the show. And uh, I hope people go check you out on Best Episode Ever, too. Me too. Samesies. Yeah. Check us out. <laughs> yeah. Check us out. Download and listen. Don't be. Don't be a, a fool. A fool. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to match with him like a creepy twin since that's yeah. how we started. <laughs> <Easy twinsies. laughs> 
There's two things we love. It's television and creepy twinning. <laughs> and Nixon. There's three things. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. <laughs> oh, no, I hit the mic. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, that is the episode for this week. My thanks to Brett Rader and Carmen Angelica for their fun, hilarious TV expertise. And my thanks to the internet for preserving everything that's ever been televised. It's the best. With that, it's time for our footnotes. We are linking off to every pilot we talked about today. You can watch almost all of them. And when you can't, there's an article and pictures and the gist of it, which is just about as good. And most importantly, we are linking off to the show we backdoor piloted this week, Best Episode Ever. I can't recommend it enough, and if you take 15 seconds to click or tap our footnote link to the feed, you can subscribe to Best Episode Ever and get endless free entertainment about your favorite TV shows. What other cracked entertainment is there? Great question, me! Crack Movie Club continues its John Hughes month this week with Ferris Bueller's Day Off and my obsessive love of Chicago landmarks. Cracked Mailbag brings on our own Brett Raider. And if you're free in a couple weeks, we got a live episode of the Cracked Podcast for you. December 2nd at 7 p.m. at UCB Sunset here in L.A. That's the first Saturday of the month, December 2nd. We're going to talk about awesome traditions and holidays from other countries that America should borrow. Because December is what people call the holiday season in a very vague way. What if it was an amazing holiday season? We're going to be talking about awesome holidays and traditions from other countries that America should borrow. Did you know Sweden has a wooden goat burning festival that is so fun it's illegal? Did you know a British town got rid of all their traffic signals and reduced car crashes? If you did know that stuff, get out of my head. If you didn't know that stuff, come to this live podcast. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll have Daniel O'Brien, Robert Evans, some of our favorite comedians in town, all assembled on one panel. You can get tickets at sunset.ucbtheater.com. That's theater with an R-E. The ticket link should be live later this week, if it isn't already. Come have a great time with us to close out our 2017 of live podcasts. And as far as this podcast goes, our theme music is Chicago Falcon by the Budos Band. Our episode was edited by Chris Souza and engineered, co-produced, and guested, wow, by Brett Rader. You can find Brett at Brett, R-A-D-E-R, on Twitter. If you love this episode, that's great. If you hated it, let me know about it on social media. That's right, social media, the longest-running reality TV show of all time. Except maybe Survivor. We'll give them some credit. Anyway, you can find me on Twitter under the name at Alex Schmitty. I'm also on the wider internet at my website, alexschmitty.com. And I'm happy to say we will be back next week with more Cracked Podcast. So how about that? Talk to you then. Jon Stewart returns to TV to host a live comedy benefit in the HBO upcoming special, Night of Too Many Stars, America Unites for Autism Programs. Presented in partnership with Next for Autism, the all-star event will feature stand-up performances, sketches, and short films by some of Hollywood's biggest stars. Airing Saturday, November 18th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, only on HBO. Hi, I'm Brett Rader. And I'm Carmen Angelica, and we're the hosts of Best Episode Ever. Each week, we're going to talk about a different TV series. From Friends to Battlestar Galactica to Adventure Time to Great Britain. And we're going to answer the age-old question that's argued over in dimly lit bars and long car rides. What is its best episode ever? 
We'll also give out some fake but very important awards like yummiest food episode, best written episode. It's all very official and will be etched in stone and sent into space immediately following the release of each episode. Subscribe now to hear our first episode about Friends on Tuesday, November 14th and hear new episodes every Tuesday after that. Hi, I'm Lauren Lapkus. And I'm John Gabris. And we have a new podcast, Raised by TV, where we're revisiting all of our old favorite TV shows from the 80s and 90s. We're talking Full House, Saved by the Bell, Ren and Stimpy, The Real World, Singled Out, all the crap you could imagine. And we'll sing our favorite theme songs. Unfortunately And we'll eat really unhealthy snacks and basically relive our childhoods. Check out Raised by TV right now on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Or if this is my mom listening, give up. You're never going to figure it out. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolf.